God is good. And all the time. Uh, thanks for meeting us in the sanctuary. You found us. Way to go. Congratulations. Uh, whoever bought, brought the chocolate donuts, shame on you. Because I, I know, but I feel like I have chocolate in my teeth and we're going to be on camera. Uh, we're over here this week because Vacation Bible School is over there. Uh, they got the they got the fellowship hall and they got their uh, decor everywhere and uh, it just seemed easier to move some tables over here so thank you. Let's be a people of prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessings upon this group today. That whatever burdens and cares and worries that they have on their hearts, that you come and bless us. That you are you are the king of of peace. You are the king of comfort. You are the king of joy and the king of love. Help us to, to put those attributes in our hearts that we might be your people in, in, in hard times and challenging times and in, in those moments of, of health concerns, of grief, and of just not knowing what the future is going to bring, that we have a home with you. It's in your son's name we have this prayer. Amen. All right, we're in John chapter 13. We had the uh, triumphal entry. Jesus is uh, in, in Jerusalem. This is his last week. This is Holy Week. Uh, the week before uh, the uh, um, uh, crucifixion and resurrection. The, I think I've done this with this group before, but I'll just do it again anyway, just for fun. Um, this is the first month of, of the Hebrew calendar. Our first month, of course, is January. Uh, the Hebrew calendar, it begins, it's, it's based on the moon, and it's kind of based on some other astrological signs, but it's after the first day, like the first day of spring. When spring happens, that's the first month. In the olden days, for us even, before the Julian calendar took over, uh, in the Roman times, uh, our first, first month of the year was also March, spring. And we even get some of the names of our months based on that. Um, October. Uh, what, what's the number for October? Uh, what month? Tenth. But oct means eight. So if the first month was March, that would make October eight. What's after October? November, N-O-V. Uh, a lot of, lot of languages. Uh, nine. Uh, has has kind of that first first NOV. Uh, what what is it in Spanish? Nuevo, yeah, N O N O V, like N U V. And other languages, uh, French is the same, and uh, Latin is the same. Uh, November nine, December D E C. What do you think that stands for? Ten or des, uh, decimal? Yeah, D E. When you see D E C, you always think ten. Uh, so eight, nine, ten, and then uh, so then January, what was later called January, that was the eleventh month, and February was the last month, and that's why February has the wackadoodle days. Like uh, how, whatever days we have left, let's just put them in the last one. Twenty-eight. Sometimes there's twenty-nine, and uh, it'll it'll all even out somehow. But here we are. We're at the beginning of the year uh, for for the Hebrews. And they're about to celebrate Passover. So we are going to do John chapter 13. Let's do verses 1 through 5. 
Jesus watches, washes his disciples' feet. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. It was just before the Passover festival, before the feast of the Passover. It gives us a time reference. Jesus was about to share a meal with his disciples, and scholars disagree whether this meal was the actual Passover meal or whether this was the meal before the Passover meal. And Passover was on another day. Uh, A lot of times the Passover meal was on a Friday. Right after, they prepared the, okay, so uh, when, when Sabbath for, for the Jewish folk, what day? Saturday. And when does Saturday start? Not at, not at midnight. Sundown the night before. Sundown Friday uh, was the start of Sabbath. And they would have the Passover meal uh, Friday night. It was a Friday night thing. Just like for us, Thanksgiving is always on a Thursday. Well, here we have a, a Passover meal on a Thursday. But nowhere in here does it share that Jesus does the whole uh, Passover ritual. The Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, they say that this is the Passover meal. John leaves it a little more loosey-goosey in here. Uh, So scholars don't really know, or they argue amongst themselves, about whether this is Passover or whether it's uh, the meal before Passover. I don't know about your family, but our... We have, we have too many Thanksgivings in our house. Uh, we have too many Christmases at our house. Pastor Mike, you can't have too many Christmases. Yes, you can. The very first fight that my wife and I ever had, like the big fight, was over, over Christmas and celebrations. Nothing like the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, to divide our family. <laughs> Because my family was nuts. We had like, between her and my family, and I was a pastor, and she was a music teacher doing Christmas stuff, we had like 15 Christmases to go to. It was way too many. And like, my, my grandma on this side had like two of them, and the same people came to both. And it was like, so we went to And I just assumed we'd go to all of them. Uh, and my wife's like, you're crazy. And so mm, we had to figure that out. Grandma, you get one. Pick which one you want us to go to, but we can't go to all of these. Uh, so we're not sure which Passover this, this is uh, because Jesus is not doing the typical Passover things um, that, that you'd expect. And usually it was a family ordeal. And we know that Jesus' family was there because Mary was there at the crucifixion. So typically you'd have Passover with your family. Uh, chrono- <laughs> chronology is an issue. Uh, seems that Jesus was crucified maybe on the day of Passover, Friday night. In other passages, he might have been crucified the day after Passover. Uh, we say that Jesus rose on which day? On, uh, on how many days? Three days. Friday to Saturday. Saturday to Sunday. Sunday 
to Monday. Doesn't, doesn't add up, does it? Unless it's like you're on vacation. Let's say you start vacation on Friday. Your first day of vacation is Friday, then Saturday, then Sunday. Then, then yeah, it, it is the third day. It's, it's amazing how we have so much knowledge about all of this, but it's still, we, we know he was risen on Sunday, the first day. And we believe, you know, we always say that he was, he was crucified on Friday, so that puts this meal on, th- you kind of backtrack into it. So this, this was not actually, probably not the Passover meal. But it is a Passover celebration nonetheless. Uh, they're reclining, something that typically didn't happen at the Passover. You were always sitting, sitting down. Uh, uh, you had, uh, you know, you, you got Da Vinci's picture, and they all chose one side of the table to eat at. Um, Jesus has big arms. Uh, but they're sitting at a table, which is typically what happens at Passover. Here, they're doing a more of a, a laid-back sort of thing, and literally laid-back, they are laying back on their side. Um, eating, which was also typical of a more casual eating experience. He knew that his hour had come. He lived his life in anticipation of this hour. Uh, His public ministry is over. Within about 24 hours, he would be hanging on a cross at this point. And he used this time. We're going to get a couple chapters of some of the the most beautiful language that we have of Jesus uh, that we have in Scripture in these next few chapters. Uh, and you think, how, how could you sit and have a meal like this knowing what's coming? Um, I saw one commentary that said, when one's leaving for a distant country and all, the, all your necessary business is done uh, to get ready, what do you do with, with your last few moments? You spend it with your, with your friends and your family and just enjoy, enjoy the, the time you have. Having loved his own, there's a love that Jesus has for all his people, and then there's a love for his own. Um, The love of Jesus for his own is greater because it has a response. Love answers to love. The devil. The devil already prompted Judas, the son of uh, Simon Iscariot. Uh, So the kids at VBS this morning, uh, they they were learning a little bit about Passover. And so I bopped up a video I was gonna show them about Jesus and the, and, the, and the Last Supper. And I thought, oh, this one looks good. Click, click, click. And, oh, it's a nice little cartoon, Jesus and the Last Supper. And then it gets to this part. This is, and the devil had already, had already prompted. And it got freaky. Like, uh, like Satan came out of the walls to grab Judas. I'm like, I am not showing this to kids. <laughs> uh, so, so if you were at VBS, no video <laughs> this morning because it was a little on the... Mm. On the, on the bad side. It was. I always felt bad for Simon Iscariot because, uh, hey, I'm in the Bible. Hey, it's because my son sold out Christ. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Uh, last week, we... we uh, no, yeah, right. Uh, everybody, everybody also uh, before that, Jesus knew that his hour had not come. And everyone's like, Jesus, your hour is here. Let's go. Let's go to Jerusalem. Let's take it over. Let's kick out the Romans. Let's, let's begin this Jewish nation fresh once again. And they still did not know what Jesus came to do or what kind of leader he was going to be. 
Uh, last week we had a story about the Greeks who came in, well, they wanted to see Jesus. And for some reason that checked a box in Jesus' head that I'm not only here for the Jewish nation, but I'm here for the entire world wants to know about me. So for whatever reason, Jesus at this point, or God, you know, they're one and the same. Uh, the time is right where if these events transpire, my word is going to spread through the whole world. That's a, that's a question that it would be interesting to ask Jesus. How did, did, you, did you mean to die like this? Uh, why didn't you wait 2,000 years when they have email, Twitter, when they have Instagram? Why did you come to a backward country that, that was not known for its roads or its communication styles? It wasn't even an empire, but it kept getting taken over by empires. And for whatever reason, God knew that it was going to work. And Jesus' words and his love has spread to every nation, to almost every language, to every continent. So his time has come, I guess, where it's, it's done. Uh, if I die now, it's going it's gonna, to it's gonna put a ripple through the world. That, that's my answer for it. I might be totally off base, but that's, that's what I would say. Supper was now in progress. Um, I think the King James says supper having ended. Uh, but somehow in here it makes clear plain that the supper had not yet ended. The devil had already put in the heart of Judas. Um, another translation is the devil had already made up his mind that Judas Iscariot should betray him. Uh, choice was made. Judas was his man. Some people asked, did Judas have a choice? Or did the devil make him do it? I don't know. We kind of believe in free will, don't we? Everyone makes your choices. We all get tempted yeah, in our own way. Yeah. Um, I remember, remember uh, it was a day kind of like today. This was many years ago. We were dr- I was driving a car that the air conditioning ran out. And it was just hot. And I was in a suit. And I was going to a, a wedding or a funeral. I, and for whatever reason, I was dressed to the nines. And it was hot. It was like 98. Humidity was up there. And, um, and uh, I, was, I was driving. And I remember stopping at a, at a, at a stop sign or a, or a stoplight. And a beautiful woman walked across. And there's a car here and a car here, and there were two guys on each. And I look over there and I look over there, and they're just their eyes are just watching. I'm like, you jerks! And then I look over here, and he's, he's got his windows rolled up. He, he looks like he's comfortable. You have air conditioning. I hate you. And then I was like, that, that was the devil slapping me, going, you know what? That didn't get you, but this got you. <laughs> There's always something that could get you. Watch out. The, he's always a, a prowling lion looking, looking out to get you. He got up from the meal, took off an outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his, around his waist. Let's see if I got my notes right. An act of servanthood here. At this moment of deep meaning, Jesus did something that must have almost seemed crazy. He began to do the job of the lowest person in the household. The lowest person. 
not low as in height-wise, in stature, began to wash feet. In that day and age, I think I said this uh, during Mark's, uh, when we did Mark a while back, um, there was a rule that said even, even the rabbis could not tell their students to wash the rabbi's feet because it was too low even for, like, it's, you got to be bottom barrel people to be washing people's feet. Because think about it. Uh, <laughs> they're walking around. What are they walking around in? Dust. They're walking around in sandals. They're walking around in. Was there indoor plumbing? No. Where does all that go? Yeah. Got to wash your feet. So it's a bottom barrel kind of job. In some cultures today, uh, and, and, I'm, and I think about it when I'm sitting up there, uh, it is an insult to show someone the bottom of your feet. So when I'm sitting up there and I cross my legs, I'm always trying to, I, f- I feel weird, but I'm trying not to show the bottom of my feet so I don't like freak someone out uh, out there in cyberland. Like, oh, he's showing his feet. Um, when, uh, oh gosh, which president was it? Who, who got, who got thrown shoes? No, it was, no, someone threw shoes at George Bush. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't Gorbachev. Uh, Khrushchev took the bottom of his shoe and he smacked the, the table, a sign of disrespect because you get to sing. Uh, but yeah, someone threw shoes at, at, at Georgie and, uh, sign of disrespect and, uh, missed him both times. <laughs> yep. Uh, he had a towel which she was girded. Jesus went around the table washing and drying the feet of his disciples. It was more awkward than you think. Um, because they're laying down. They're not sitting. They're not sitting in chairs. You always picture Jesus washing people sitting down in chairs. They were laying down. I could do this in here, I think. It was a U-shaped kind of table or sitting on the floor. They're all just kind of laying like this, eating. And they're all kind of like stacked like sardines. So the next person was, it wasn't spooning, but that's kind of the, uh, the idea that you get. With, um, and, they, and they kind of went around the table like this, and Jesus got up and uh, put the towel on and started to wash their feet. They're all laying down. They're laying down. That's, this, is, this is where they're at. And he begins to wash their feet. Normally, the, the youngest person or the lowest person was supposed to wash their feet in the upper room. I'm walking around. Sorry, camera. Uh, uh, and I can imagine poor James the Less. I don't know why they call him James the Less except of his age. There's James the Less and James the Elder. Uh, could have been James the Less's job, but he's like, if I do that, then Peter's never going to take me seriously. Have you ever been around colleagues and there was a job to do and you're like, if I do this now, they're going to think I'm lower than never happened to you? All right. It's, it's happened to me. Uh, I walked into a pastor meeting and I was, I was, at, this, I was at a church of 4,000 folk. I was on staff there for eight years. Became a pastor, ordained. 
went to another church. They had a meeting at that original church. And I showed up at that original meeting, now a full-fledged pastor. And there's, there's like a hundred of us. And the, the, the head pastor, who used to be my boss, said, Mike, go get the chairs. Bring them all in for us. I'm one of you now. <laughs> all right, I'll go get the chairs. <laughs> but had that meaning of James the Less kind of moment of like, all right, you still, you still think of me? I'm not above it, but it's just, I noticed you didn't ask him to do it or her to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to say it still bothers me, but that's 20 years ago and I still bring it up. <laughs> the devil is a prowling lion. Watch, watch your heart. <laughs> and so, if there's time, have you ever had your kids, you ask your kids to do something? Like, just do it. And they bicker about themselves, about who's going to do it. Who's going to do it. It's your job. I did it last time. And if I, fine, I'll just do it myself. And you do it. And then they look at you like, oh, now we're in real big trouble. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're going to get that, that kind of attitude here in a little second with, with Peter. Okay? So let's get to Peter. See how Peter reacts to this. Let's do verses 6 through 17. 6 through 17. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, Do you not realize now what I am doing? But later you are, will understand. No, said Peter. You shall. <laughs> you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Peter, Simon Peter said, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said, Not every one was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes, returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Verily, I tell you, no servant is greater than the master, nor is the messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Perhaps Peter thought all these other disciples missed the point by letting Jesus wash their feet. So he, he wants to protest and maybe proclaim that he's too great and we are true un, too unworthy to have him wash our feet. So he makes this dramatic statement. You Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. Jesus says, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part of me. And then Peter goes, the, goes too far the other way. Then wash my whole body. And Jesus, all right, you're, you're going too far. I just want to wash your feet. Uh, Peter is either really hot or really cold. He's always at the extremes. Um, we need to accept the humble service of Jesus to cleanse us, or we have no part of him. 
Peter preached the good news of the kingdom and he cast out devils in Jesus' name and he still needed his feet washed. Peter saw Jesus transfigured up on the mountain, up there with Moses and Elijah, an amazing spiritual experience, and he still needed his feet washed. Peter's own feet walked on water, an amazing act of faith, and still needed his feet washed. Do you know those people who would do anything for you? Or maybe you're one of those people who would do anything for anybody else. But if you ever needed something, don't help me. I'm good. Do you know those people who have a, who have a hard time accepting help? Accepting a little bit of love? We all need help. We don't get through this life alone. If you ever need something, reach out. Find someone. As the teacher and Lord commanded Jesus, and Lord Jesus commanded them to show the same humble, sacrificial love to one another. The example of Jesus marked their attitude and their action. If there be any deed of kindness or love that we can do for even the very meanest and the most obscure of God's people, we should be willing to do it. And know that we're not above having Jesus wash our own feet as well, metaphorically speaking. A servant is not greater than his master. Uh, Jesus, who is our master and who sends us, if, we, if this Jesus humbly served in this way, it's more appropriate for us to, to serve one another as well. Uh, the one who is sent, he who is sent, the, the, the Greek word here is kind of a fun word. Uh, it's the only time it's used in John. Uh, op, uh, I'm going I'm to mispronounce it in the Greek. Uh, apostolos. Apostolos. Where we get the word apos. Was it, what is it? Apostle. Apostle. Um, how many apostles are there? Apostle. Or 13 if you want to count Paul. Yeah. Difference between an apostle and a disciple. Apostle has seen Christ or specifically sent out by Christ. Yeah. We're all disciples. We're not apostles, as far as I know. Uh, maybe you got a secret, and that's great. God bless you. Uh, but uh, that's, uh, that, that was that Greek word, apostolos. Uh, any questions or thoughts on the feet washing? Have you, has anyone ever been a part of a foot washing ceremony? Yes. What was that like? Humbling? Did it feel weird like having whoever, like you really don't have to do that. But maybe that's the lesson to be learned as well. That is, that's, that's kind of where I'm going. It's easier. It was, I could wash someone's feet. It felt weird to have someone else wash my own feet. Pastor Mike, I just wanted to ask, isn't feet washing usually before the meal? It is. And no one did it. Because I think the disciples were like, it's his job. It's his job. I'm not doing it. And I think Jesus noticed that. And this could be a wonderful teaching lesson. The first shall be last. The last shall be first and all. And all of that. If you had somebody's feet right in your face almost for reclining at the table, it would be good. Well, they weren't, they weren't, yeah, but they were sardines. And so the feet were everyone like your head, your heads were all kind of next to each other and everyone's feet's 
feet were right next to each other. It wasn't like you were, it wasn't like head, feet, head, feet, head, feet, but you're all angled. I had a very interesting experience about 10 years ago. It was right after my brother had had his stroke, and I went to Idaho Falls to visit, and I went into the room. He'd been moved from the hospital to the um, home where he was going for his rehab. And I said, what can I do for you? And he said, my feet really are bothering me. And he said, I can't wash them. And I said, well, let's get a dishpan and some warm water, and I'll take care of this. And so I'm sitting there on the floor washing his feet, and my sister-in-law walks in, and she says, well, I'd really like somebody to wash my feet, and ruined it. But I went ahead, and I finished washing his feet, and he was so appreciative. Um, It's kind of like praying. It's not one of those things that takes a great deal of effort. But sometimes you can't do any more. I don't know what this says about our Oregon City Church, though the church I was at before this. We, on, on a good, on a, on a, we did services on Thursday and then Friday and then Sunday, of course. Uh, but we did a last supper service, and we'd get about fifty to seventy somewhere in there for the Thursday night service. And then one year, like, let's do a foot washing ceremony. We're gonna uh, t- this year. We're gonna do f- feet washing, and fifteen people showed up to the service. Like, all right, all right, next year, next year, we're just doing the Lord's Supper. We're gonna... <laughs> so I don't know if we tried that here, if we tried a, uh, a feet washing service, how well it'd go. But uh, I noticed our attendance went way down there because people, again, people feel weird about people touching their feet. I don't need anything. I'm good. But maybe that's the lesson we have to learn in here as well. Let's do verses 18. Let's just do that section, 18 to 30. I'm not referring to all of you. I know those I have chosen. But this is to fulfill the passage of Scripture. He who shared my bread has turned against me. I am telling you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am who I am. Very truly I tell you, whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me. And whoever accepts me, accepts the one who sent me. After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, Very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another, at a loss to know which of them he meant. One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and said, Ask him which one he means. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then, dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered him. So Jesus told him, What you are about to do, do quickly. But no one at the meal understood why Jesus said this to him. Since Judas had charge of the money, some thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the festival 
or to give something to the poor. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out, and it was night. Lifted his heel against me. Uh, that's straight out of Psalm 41, verse 9. Um, a sense of a treacherous, unexpected attack or taking cruel advantage of someone. Uh, we've talked about this before, the code of hospitality and a shared, shared table. Um, it, it, you shared a table and broke bread with people that you loved. And here's someone who is about to betray Christ. In this version, in John's version, they're all laying down. Uh, so you have Jesus right here. I'll put him in the middle. He's got Jesus right here. And who do you think sitting next to him or laying next to him? John, the one who Jesus loves. And right next to John is Peter, because Peter's the one who asked. Here's Jesus laying. Someone, someone at this table is going to betray me. Ask him who it is. Who is it? The one I am sharing this, the bread and the cup with, which is where we get the whole, you know, intention thing, is the one. So guess who's sitting right here? Judas, at the right hand of well, the Father Almighty. Uh, that's, that's how important Judas was to this group. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't in the back. He wasn't over there. He's sitting right next to Christ. Keep your friends close. Enemies closer. <laughs> Um, troubled in spirit. Even, even Judas got communion. I, I know a couple people who say, I'm not worthy for communion. You know what? If Judas is worthy of communion, then hopefully so are we. Well, I was thinking in the old uh, ritual, the old communion ritual we had, we all, you know, we, we did it, um, we had a section that was confession that we all participated in. And I had never thought of this this way, but we all dipped the bread in the cup. We're all both betrayers and reconciled through the communion. Peter thought he was righteous at that moment. The next day he's going to betray Jesus three times. We're all betrayers. We're all reconciled. There are days that I am my wife's best friend. And there are those other days. But we're hoping the best friend one is greater than the other ones. That we have our happy days. Uh, no one at the table knew. If, 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 the, if the crowd knew what Judas was going to do, they probably would have tried to stop him. Uh, they believed Judas had business to do on behalf of the group. And this could be John's, John's way of explaining to the crowd, we had no idea where he was going. Or we would have tried to stop him. I did uh, camp ministry for about 20 years. I was the dean of a camp. Uh, we had get about 200 junior high kids in every week uh, for this camp. It was, I, lo- I loved it. I loved the day they came, and I loved the day they left. It was awesome. Uh, uh, but I did it for 20 years. And in 20 years, I've only kicked one kid out of camp. And uh, they asked, well, where were you? Where were you when this happened? And I'm like, we were all right there. 
Like it was like it, it wasn't off in the woods or anything like that. It was in a room together. Uh, uh, it was it was, was wacky. Well, why didn't you stop him? I'm like, we. It would be like if I went up to someone in this room and just smacked you, and and someone and say, well, why didn't you stop him? Like. We had no idea that this was going to happen, right? Uh, This is John's way of saying, we had no idea that Judas was like this. Uh, Or we would have tried to stop him. We thought he was going to go off and buy something for the poor. That's that's one of the things we do. Um, But then he closes that section with, with what? As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out and it was night. This whole time, Jesus is light. Throughout the Gospel of John, we read light, 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 light. And now at this, this crucial hour, they, they, John puts it in here, I'm sure on purpose, not just because it was a nice way of saying what was going on, but just to say the, the darkness of the heart, and it was, it was night. The other Gospels um, have, have words about communion. Jesus broke the bread, said, take and eat. We don't have that in here. Um, we have supper. Let's do verses 31 to the end. Jesus predicts Peter's denial. When he was gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself. Mm-hmm and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, Where I am going you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, Will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Thank you. Now the Son of Man is glorified. When Judas left, Jesus knew that everything was now set in motion for his arrest, his trials, his humiliation, his condemnation, his beatings, his crucifixion, and burial. And the word he uses to describe all this is glorify. That is not a word that I would use in this situation. But Jesus knows what's coming. This is to glorify me. Uh, matter of fact, in this uh, one, two, in, in those two first, first two verses of this section, now the Son of Man is glorified. God is glorified at him. If God is glorified at him, God will glorify the Son. And will glor- this is glorified central throughout this, uh, throughout, throughout this passage. Um, five references in the space of two verses. Jesus looked at the cross knowing what would be accomplished, and he could truthfully say, glorified. He calls them little children. This is the only place in the Gospels where Jesus addressed his disciples as little kids. It's not an insult, but more of a sense of like tenderness and care, um, recognition of, of, of dependence. 
the disciples did not know that Jesus would be leaving. This was like an earthquake moment for them. In a while, I will leave you, and you cannot follow. And it got deathly quiet. And Peter's like, where, where do you go? We go everywhere together. Where are you going? And where I'm going, you cannot go at this moment. But a new command. A new command I give you. It's an old command, actually, out of the Old Testament, but twisted uh, a little bit here. Uh, the, the, the Greek word for uh, a new commandment here is kind of implies a freshness or an opposite of the outworn. I'm, I'm fluffing this back up. I'm trying to get this back to where it was, presented in a fresh new way. Love one another. Uh, in uh, a new commandment in, in the Vulgate, uh, the Latin Bible uh, that came out um, a couple hundred years after Christ, mandatum novum, mandate, new command, mandate, Monday, Thursday, mandate, Thursday. I used to think they used to say Monday, Thursday, and they were confused, but it's mandate, Thursday. They will know that you are my disciples for how you love. Uh, a century after the gospel was published, there was a historian by the name of Tertullian uh, who wrote uh, about these brand new Christians roaming around the Mediterranean. Look at how they love one another. <laughs> Peter, I, I believe that he would have died for Jesus right then and there. But later on, his own devotion failed because it was based on emotion and and his own fears gave way later on with the crowing of the of the of the of the uh, chicken of the rooster. Uh, we'll catch that, I think, in the next chapter. Yeah, this denial uh, that 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 Peter has it was kind of burned into his memory. If you read if you read any of uh, Peter's letters, uh, it comes up in Acts chapter three. He uh, uh, Luke writes down a, a sermon that Peter preached, and. Uh, Peter, Peter looked at, at, at the people out there and he says, you all denied Christ, which is funny because he did that same thing. And so he knew where he was coming from. Uh, in second Peter, he writes toward the end of his life, he describes some dangerous people as those who denied the Lord. Things are set in motion. We're going to find out how it ends, but we got a few more chapters to go and a few more teachings to go. As well, they got to get to the garden. But as of right now, it's night. And we'll see where this goes. 